today is Wednesday, January 25th, and we are reading Acts chapter 2. And we see in the very beginning here that um, through this, the Holy Spirit that was promised comes on the apostles. It's a pretty exciting day because uh, it's not just like, oh, they received the Holy Spirit. No, it's like a big violent wind and fire, tongues of fire on them and, and all this stuff. And they st start speaking in other languages. And it says there that actually there were people there from, uh, it says in, in verse 5, from every nation under heaven. That's, that's kind of crazy that everybody was there in Jerusalem uh, at this time. And they were hearing uh, what the apostles were saying in their own language. So it was only by the Holy Spirit. And um, it's, it's like uh, these people are trying to figure out what is going on. I hear my own language from my home uh, country right here. And these people are speaking it. And they were amazed that everybody heard the message in their own language. And they were, they were kind of like, what's going on? Maybe these guys are drunk. Well, I don't understand a whole lot about being drunk, but I, I, I know enough to know that if I, if I was drunk, I wouldn't be speaking clearly in another language. But, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that they went there to that, that accusation. But it says, then Peter stood up and he raised his voice and he says, you know, hey, guys, fellow Jews, listen. These people were not drunk. It's, it's only nine in the morning. And uh, this is what uh, the prophet Joel spoke. And so then that is the introduction to Peter's sermon to them. And he, and he shares scripture here. And, and then he starts to, to talk about Jesus. And he says, he reminds them that, you know, this guy that you were excited about, there was a parade, there was a triumphal entry, Jesus came walking in, or coming in, not walking on a donkey into Jerusalem, and, and they celebrated this. And then a few days later, here they are, and he reminds them that you were shouting, crucify him. And so you are the ones that helped with some wicked men, he prefaces, with some wicked men that you had a deliberate plan to crucify Jesus. And then he says, But God raised him from the dead. It was impossible for death to keep hold on him. Amen. That's exciting. That's so cool to see that in this sermon, Peter is, is sharing the truth boldly, and he's, he's just calling him out on the carpet right there. These are people that were literally shouting, crucify him. And, and they, they are cut to the hearts, what it says later on here in the chapter. They're listening to this. And they try to figure out what on earth are we going to do as a result of this? What is our next step? What are we going to do? And, and Peter, Peter kind of gives them some, some steps to help them. He says, repent, change your mind, change the way you've been thinking, change the direction you're headed on your journey of life and be baptized as an obedient uh, uh, thing that Jesus has commanded us to do. 
for the forgiveness of your sins, to wash away everything that you've done. And Jesus is going to come in and forgive your sins. So then he goes on. Luke describes kind of some of the beginnings of the church. And um, I, I see this, and this actually helps us to know what the church is supposed to look like. This very passage here, and what we do on Sunday mornings, or what we do throughout the week as a church body, we do because of what the first church did, what God called us, what He commanded us, and uh, described what the church is supposed to look like. And so, here in a few moments, I want to I want to talk about that a little bit. What what the elements are that we uh, we do as a church together to make it a church. Because it's not just a gathering of random people. It's, it's a, a purpose in what we do together. But first of all, I want to look at what we learn from God. What do I learn from that God um, is and does and um, stands for in this passage? First of all, He created us to worship Him. That is His heart. His creation is made to worship Him. Secondly, He made us in His likeness. In Genesis, we learn that, that He, he made us in His likeness um, to need relationships. He wanted a relationship with us, and we broke it through sin. He built a relationship desire in us to have relationships with other people. And we often break that too because of sin. But ultimately, he sent his son Jesus to restore that relationship, to build that back so that we could have that relationship back with him. And so, um, and, and he went through great lengths to restore that relationship with us, to make it possible where we could come back to him because we couldn't do it on our own. And so that's some things that we learn about God. We have an incredible love uh, from God the Father, from Jesus who made the ultimate sacrifice, and the Holy Spirit who, um, who comes and guides us every day. He's our counselor. He is love. He loves us so infinitely. What do we learn about people? I mean, this is a long passage today. And, and we learn a lot about people, right? Um, so first of all, I think about in, in Peter's sermon, I learned about um, how people are fickle. Kenan actually talked about that when, uh, a couple of weeks ago when he was talking. Kenan talked about how people are fickle. You know, they, they just kind of, they, they're wishy-washy. And, um, and, you know, you hear about the triumphal entry and people are like, yay, go Jesus. And they're even taking off their nice coats and stuff and putting them out there so that donkey can walk on them in the dirt. And they're willing to do that on, on a moment that everybody is celebrating what's going on. But then when the, when the crowd shifts, when the, uh, the, the scene shifts to another focus, they shift too. Instead of shouting, Hosanna to the king, blessed is he is who comes in the name of the Lord, they shift it to crucify him, crucify him. Give us Barabbas, another, uh, another person who 
had been arrested, who was really a criminal, and crucified Jesus. So he shifts from one extreme to another. And so people are fickle. People are fickle. We learn that here. Um, We also learn that um, when people listen to and obey the truth of the gospel, they really listen, they change. And, and we see this sermon that Peter preached. We see that he preached this sermon, which is uh, super awesome because he didn't just beat around the bush. He told uh, what exactly needed to be said. And the people listened and they were cut to the heart. And they obeyed. So we can learn that about, about these people, about people and Uh, Then we learn about what the church is supposed to do for each other and how we're supposed to uh, act as a church. First of all, um, he says in the very beginning, what do we do? They ask, what do we do? He said, first, repent. They turn away from their sin. They they change their minds about what they've been doing. That's the first step to um, an element. There are 10 things that I'll share with you right here that becomes what we know as the church. They repented. Secondly, he said, be baptized because Jesus commanded us all to be baptized for the the forgiveness of our sins, to wash away our sins. In obedience to him, we get baptized. Um, Thirdly, we see uh, in in verse 42 that uh, they uh, had the apostles' uh, teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Um, So we know that the apostles were the leaders. They were the ones saying, here's what we need to do. Here's what we, and, and guiding them to do what, what the church was supposed to do as they developed. Um, another thing, um, in that teaching, they were studying God's word. They were opening the Psalms or they were, as, as Peter was here preaching that day, they, they were reading from Joel. They were looking at the scriptures and studying it together. Um, so, um, fifth, they broke bread together. And they, they, when they got together, they broke bread together. We can um, see that Jesus commanded us, he told us to remember him through this. And so, the Lord's Supper, remembering what Jesus did through breaking bread together. Um, through prayer is another one there in verse 42. They devoted themselves to prayer to constantly being in communication with God the Father. Um, six, or that was sixth prayer. Uh, seventh is that they fellowshiped together. They were in fellowship and they cared for each other in that time. They maybe got in and asked, how was your week? And what, what, did, uh, what is going on uh, with a health problem that you've been having or a job problem or a relationship issue that you've been dealing with? They got in and cared for each other. They listened to each other. They fellowshiped. Um, eighth, it talks about how they gave. They were so generous in verse 45. They sold property and possessions to care for each other. They took care of each other, and they were generous. Uh, ninth, uh, number nine, um, in verse 47, says they praised God. They praised God for what he uh, he did, and they worshiped him together. 
Um, and lastly, it says the Lord added to their number daily. Um, they, were, they were multiplying. They were making disciples. They were investing in, in others who didn't know Jesus yet. And so they were multiplying every day. And so that's what the church looks like. That's what people do when they're called according to God's purpose and plan. And so what is my next step? What is my next step that I'm going to take? I look at Peter in verse 14, and I, I see that Peter, it says just, Peter stood up. These people are like, what's going on, you know? And, and Peter stood up, and he raised his voice, and then he addressed the crowd. And I want to take a next step like Peter did. I want to, I need to do a, a better job every day of being bold in sharing the truth. When, when truth needs to be shared, when the gospel needs to be shared, I don't want to be one that, that neglects that. And so I want to uh, take next steps every day looking for opportunities to share my faith with, with others. And so I want to challenge you in that as well. And, and, um, and you can maybe put your next step comment uh, if you're on the Facebook group, go in there and put that on the comments. I want to go ahead and read this passage together in Acts chapter 2. And um, as, we, as we go through this, let's listen together to God's word. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from the heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak their, in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, and they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. And then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. 
I will show, my, uh, show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep a hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to be to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven and yet said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what? Shall we too? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and at the many wonder, wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily 
those who are being saved. You know, God has given us Jesus. What an incredible gift. And then he promised the Holy Spirit whom he brought to us. And we have that Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and are baptized. What an incredible gift. And God has given us the chance, the challenge to step up, to be bold in our faith, and to proclaim this good news. And so go and do it. And until we see you again, you are sent.